What's up, everybody? Uh, I'm Nick Powell's uh, CEO of Mainland in 1851, uh, and obviously a longtime host of FranX. Today I'm writing solo. Uh, I thought it would be a good opportunity to talk about the predictability of lead generation and give you, those that are in franchise uh, growth, uh, some insights into what you could be doing or what you could be looking at from a Google Analytics standpoint as you try to figure out a pathway for what is your game plan for growth. Coming up next. All right, so the question I hear all the time is, how do I get more leads? Now, I also hear what's new in franchising and uh, what, what, what are the new silver bullets or magic things that can make uh, franchise sales work faster. And at some point, I said, you know, we can keep chasing the game of leads, but let's try to get a little bit more predictability behind what does a funnel look like? What does a pipeline look like? What are our areas of opportunity within this funnel and pipeline? Uh, and how do we get a little bit more predictability so that um, the teams that we work with can have some sort of understanding, are they building up a funnel that is large enough? Uh, I've mentioned this many times before that this year we started uh, profiling franchise owners uh, after point of open or signing. And one of the questions that we ask is, uh, how much time did it take you from impression to inquiry? Impression meaning you had a PR placement, a piece of content, a digital ad, you were at a conference, whatever that moment was, either, whether it was you or it was the industry, the candidate was introduced to your brand or to franchising and then went through their process and inquired. Unfortunately in franchising, far too often uh, when you're investing into lead generation, you're chasing down last click. And we'll get into last click and what that actually means, but that tends to produce where did they last come from that drove them into your website before they filled out your form. And so therefore attribution goes back to organic or Google or Facebook or some other uh, tool that you're using. But if we really talk to the candidates on their pathway or their journey, they say it wasn't just that singular moment. I didn't see a Facebook ad and say, I wanna inquire. I did all of these things before I got to that moment. For founder-led brands, uh, I get it. Uh, you want to be able to spend X and get Y. Um, I, I mean, I would love to have that happen too. Um, but the more that we've experimented with different types of budgets, and I'm going to give you some of those insights throughout today's uh, discussion, uh, it's, it's the combination of a bunch. And so as you head into 2023 or you head into your next stage or, or process of franchise development, there's really two things that I would recommend. If you have a smaller budget, it's getting your brand name out in as many places as humanly possible with that budget. Why? The candidate is doing their homework around the web. Uh, it is seen in every form of data and analytics, um, and therefore that sets you up for the best shot at success. This is why a lot of brands that have uh, limited budgets, uh, they choose to do public relations 
because let's say somehow they get in the Wall Street Journal. Let's say somehow that feature story is very specific to their YUI now. Uh, let's say that Wall Street Journal is read by the right person in the right market. Then that could accelerate the lead to come through faster, therefore producing a deal on a limited budget. <clears throat> now, my viewpoint on public relations has always been that PR is lead awareness. It's not lead generation. And I would say that's even more so the case today, because right now, if you're watching this, uh, let's say the most important segment of today that needs to reach you as a human being is on CNBC right now, you're watching this, not CNBC. So the only way that piece finds you is if it's marketed to you through your newsfeed or a friend sends it to you. It's very rare that that piece of content can find you, even though it could be ideal uh, and the right thing. Now that swing, that swing is actually true on the consumer side uh, as well. I recently bought a new golf bag. Uh, I love it. Um, but that golf bag has been around for years. It just didn't find me until uh, last few months where I said, I want that golf bag. And so when you think about that buyer behavior, I was the right, I've, I've been in the market to find the right golf bag for me. Not that it's going to improve my game uh, for the last uh, two years. Um, I just didn't find one that I liked. So here it is. It found me. It, it's been there the whole time, but it didn't, it didn't get to me until recent. That's the same with the news. That could be the same with your franchise buyer. So knowing that we, the, the PR swing is good on a low budget, a lot of founder-led brands pick PR as one of the places, one of the buckets they want to put dollars into. But it is my recommendation that you find as many of these little areas or pockets as possible to drive awareness so that you have a fighting chance to get in front of the candidates who are qualified and ready to buy. The other option is uh, you load up the budget. Uh, we saw this with a brand recently. Uh, they came out, of the goal, uh, came out with a goal of 50 units they wanted to get done uh, in their first year. Uh, we said that's going to be about a $2.5 million marketing budget. They said, great. Spent the $2.5 million, got them 70 deals, uh, which in their mind, and they, they said this along the process, they're like, look, if we got one, uh, what we're going to get kickback and royalty and val value valuation uh, to the business is greater than spending 2.5 million. So they didn't care. Um, but that's a rarity because most brands are tight on their budget. So because you're so tight, you need to be very uh, prescriptive on how you spend that money. So tighter budget, maybe a little bit of content, a little bit of digital ads, Google, maybe, maybe some LinkedIn or Facebook, depending on the depth. Um, maybe a little bit of PR, uh, maybe a show or two, uh, depending on what brand category you're in, um, improving your websites to make sure that it is uh, best in class, maybe some investment into drip campaigns. Uh, and then depending if you're brick or mortar or not, uh, maybe some uh, marketing within your four walls. Bigger budgets, you have a lot more flexibility. And then someone in the middle that adds in the broker community uh, to help elevate lead generation tends to be the pathway that it goes. So that sets the tone for how we get to predictability on where is the behavior of our candidate. So I'm going to share my screen so that you guys can see uh, these Google Analytics. Now, I just decided to pull this for our website. So it's very simple data. And so you'll see like our, our website doesn't convert a ton of brands that are like, hey, we want to work with mainland. So you're not going to see 
depth of conversion um, on here, but it will give you a sense of some of the things that I would look at if I, I am you. So you are in the seat of franchise development. You are looking into what is the strength of your funnel or your pipeline, especially as you prepare your budgets for 2023. And so now you got to look at the indicators and say, how full is the budget? Again, from impression to inquiry, 6.4 months has been the timeline on average this year. Lower investments are swinging faster. Larger investments are swinging longer. So that means today, October 27th, when this is being filmed, November, December, January, February, March, April. Like you're playing somewhere between, say, February and July for how this should convert. So let's pretend this is your Google Analytics. You're, you're looking at your own to try to get a sense of what should I be looking at to understand uh, the depth of uh, what do I have so that you can add some predictability uh, to your process. So the main, the main screen as it currently stands within Google Analytics can be some good information like time on site. Uh, and I find this fascinating when I start looking at uh, franchise brands, you'll see Saturdays and Sundays actually get super heavy. For us, what's interesting is around the, the morning into the lunch hour, which our site is very heavy on um, candidates looking for a career, that's ours. But when I look on franchise or sites, it's really nights and weekends. So if you wanna get super sophisticated with your ad buys, you might limit the timing uh, that they go on there. You can see how people get there. Um, where are they coming from? What are they? What's what pages are they looking at? Like we can see here, capabilities for franchise brands. Uh, that's for for what it's worth. That's heavier. Just direct traffic going into our website, starting with mainland and working their way through. That's number one. But this gives you a good screen. And if you want to get adventurous on this, not that you're going to know all of this, but if you click on the insights tab. You can start going through some of this stuff and say, all right, what are the top pages in terms of page views? And you click on that. And what Google will do is we'll actually give you a sense. And that's the one that we were just talking about, um, where it gives you a sense of what are your top page views. And then you can say trend of page views over the last 28 days. And so you can start generating an interesting report. So I like the insights because it can help guide you if you're looking to get adventurous with your Google Analytics. For a franchisor, going again, going back to the point of how do we build some predictability, uh, what I like to do is I go down on, on the left, you'll scroll down to geo and you'll click, click location. This gives you a sense of where people are coming to your site. And if you have goal, com goal conversion set up on a thank you page, then you can start tracking, did the lead convert? Where are they converting from? And what, what does that traffic look like? It'll start tying back another indicator back to what you're trying to do. But let's just look at this, pretend this is your page. A few things that you would say is, all right, let's do Virginia. We've got heavy traffic coming from Virginia. Let's go ahead and click on to the state. And now let's say this is one of our target areas. Ashburn, for some reason, we've had a lot of people click in from Ashburn. I'm going to want to look into why. I'm curious on that. But uh, you see a lot of traffic to our site in Ashburn, Washington, Virginia Beach. And Virginia Beach, if I scroll over here, we have three, three minutes and 27 seconds in Virginia Beach people have spent. Uh, they've looked at two pages on average, and the bounce rate is, is fairly manageable. So from a brand standpoint, you could start tracking this and I'll show you how, how I've set up a tracker um, to try watching and seeing if you have movement 
uh, in a town. Uh, but this gives you a sense of where are these markets. Now, for a brand that has a tight budget, what I would recommend is if all 10 of these areas would fit under your development model, then you could say, well, we actually have some noise or some action in there. And if you want to narrow it down a little bit further, you could do Alexandria uh, because there's it's over two minutes, uh, not set, won't matter, Richmond, uh, Arlington, Virginia Beach. Like if you want to look at time on site as another indicator and say, look, we have some people there. They're just not converting into leads. It'll give you some predictability into what you need to be looking at so that you can now start laying out what is my growth strategy? Where do I want to uh, grow to? So staying on that, I'm going to show you how we've set up a tracker um, so that you could use something similar to build this out. So for argument's sake, if we came in here and said, uh, let's do, uh, because it's it's heavy, let's do Ashburn. So I'm going to turn that to Ashburn. Uh, market goal, uh, let's say we could have two units there, currently open, zero. Uh, the capacity uh, for the market, let's just say 10, best franchisee, we don't have one. So what this starts doing is it gives you some asset management that you could use when you get into the marketplace. So I, the way that we lay this out is, did we have a PR placement content? And then we get in traffic leads, applications, and deals. So if I were going to do this with your analytics, what I would say is we go back to January and we're gonna to try to see from an indicator standpoint, are we building predictability in this marketplace? So we go to January, we had 119 in January. So the traffic was 119. Uh, and let's see what happens with that traffic as we continue. I'm just gonna advance a little bit further. Like if you really build this out, you can have really strong predictability. And here we're down to 68. Uh, and that was for the month of March. We'll go, we'll just do June next so that we can speed this process up. And June and Ashburn, we're at 89. So it's actually increasing up. And just so that we can see what was it like in July July 49. So if I were using this and I was going back to my predictability, I would say, okay, we're actually decreasing down. Uh, and if Ashburn is a very important area for us, I might adjust my market spend. Now we're down to 30. I would say, ugh, we're going down and let's just say we're not getting traffic or uh, leads off of that. Then we have question mark. Now let's say we come in here and we look at our leads and we had two here and one here and zero and zero and zero, then again, trying to get to predictability, we could look at the 89 and say that converted into lead. And let's just say that goes like that, that turned an application and deal. What this will do for next year, if you were to look at October, November, December, or go back the previous three months and you look at your data on where you have in the highest amount of penetration in markets that you have not converted to a lead, it will help you get some predictability because again, the buyer process is they're going to come visit your website. Most likely they're going to go around the web and get comfortable with your business opportunity. And then they're going to circulate all the way back uh, later on um, when they decide to fill out the form. Again, this is, again, it, with the mentality of can we set up some lead predictability here? So we know, are we getting enough momentum in these markets? This is a good tool to use that can help you, uh, on that journey uh, to getting uh, some of these stories told.
Another thing that I find valuable, uh, if you click on all traffic referrals, you can see where are people coming from. So just so that I can stretch this out, we'll go uh, back to the beginning of the year. Actually, we'll do the back half of the year. Um, and we'll go July 1 on. So you're trying to figure out like what's working and what's not. There's a few insights here. One, in this case, LinkedIn drove 1,355 people into our sites. Uh, and they spent a, million, a minute two on there. That seems pretty good. Uh, Room 1903, a content site, drove in people. Only 16, they spent a minute 42. So if I'm looking at this as an indicator, uh, 1851, 50 seconds, restaurantnews.com, a minute 10. So I would imagine a restaurantnews.com are people that are have read a press release that have been posted. Uh, so here's one that got read and, and tracked uh, on this story that drove someone in. But gives again some a little bit more predictability uh, into what's working and what's not. And if you click around on some of these, you can even go in and see uh, what was the URL that actually drove someone in. That's that's direct. Uh, 1851. You'll see just various stories uh, that obviously we've been a part of. So a bunch of different stories here. Um, so anyway, so it gives you an insight into how are people getting to your site and what's driving them in there so that you can make a decision. So if I said, all right, LinkedIn's working well, let's just say the conversions were high based on you guys converting franchise leads, then it will help you have some predictability on where you want to spend more. Uh, you can click into channels. This gives you a sense on what's the behavior. And so organic search here three minutes and three seconds. So the insight there is clearly when someone finds us around the web, they're spending a lot of time there. Our referral links, they're spending almost five minutes on there. Um, so that's that's pretty good. Social, not great. They're spending about a minute. So if I'm trying to find an indicator here, of where do I want to put my energy? It'll help. And again, like when you start looking at some of these things like email, um, how, are, how are those working? It will start giving you the insights so that your predictability uh, is a little bit strong. So to make it very easy, one, make sure you have Google Analytics on your site. Two, make sure you have conversion tracking set up. Basically, it's a, it's a simple code. It goes on your thank you page so that when someone fills out the form, it is now track them. Uh, three, set up your, your tracker. Like I just showed you an example of one. Uh, so that you can build some predictability in your marketplace. Therefore, you can coach your PR agency or you can build your content or your advertising around markets that you've already built up some excitement in. So you can push down the pedal and hopefully accelerate that, that candidate from uh, ghost, which they are ghosts until they inquire, to uh, inquiry. Um, so build your predictability uh, schedule so that you have a sense of what's working and what's not. Remember before it's a lead, it's traffic. Um, and so what is that noise that pushes them to saying, I'm ready to talk with you? Uh, there's value in that. Um, so evaluate where are you spending those dollars? Make sure you're, if you're, if you have a tight budget, make sure your spread is as wide as possible so that you have a shot at winning. Um, if you have a giant budget, then obviously you can afford to put some resources uh, in a different place. So hopefully, if you, if you haven't used Google Analytics as a tool for your lead generation efforts uh, to build some predictability, uh, this should help. Again, uh, if I go back to uh, where would I see some predictability on either where do we have candidates or where do we have potential clients? Uh, if I look uh, at this month, um, again, to get the predictability, say we have 
some good penetration in uh, California, Georgia, New York, Virginia, and Texas, uh, and Florida, obviously. I mean, the, some of those make sense. And then if I looked into Texas, say, all right, um, either whether it's a, it's a human that wants to work with us um, or it's a prospective client, we have some good energy in Dallas, Austin, and Houston. Therefore, if I want to go hire someone in Dallas, Austin, or Houston, I might spend some ad dollars there. Uh, if I think I have a client there, I might promote a story on how to win at franchising uh, into that marketplace to try to identify that person. Um, and the last thing, uh, I said last thing already, but the last thing is uh, don't overlook retargeting. Uh, I would look at retargeting in two ways. Retargeting basically is taking advantage of the traffic that you've already generated. So these nine people in Dallas, I want them to remember mainland when they go around the web. Therefore, I set up retargeting so that when they go around the web, it says, don't forget about mainland. However, a lot of brands, um, which I bet you I could find an example of a retargeting ad. Let's see what comes up. Hopefully nothing bad uh, that I've searched for. Um, so if you go to like an ESPN, now that's, that's, they're actually running ads in those spaces. Um, so here's some fantasy uh, uh, hockey or fantasy basketball things. And you can see they have call to actions that are built into their ads. So they're actually pretty good. Um, but sometimes you'll see a, a retargeting ad that has no call to action. Give your candidates one more call to action uh, in the process because maybe uh, you need to give them something like how to win as a franchisee within your brand. That downloadable piece will now create another action that will give you predictability on how many people are actually downloading this, this white paper that you piece together. Um, and we'll give you good insights uh, into where are these candidates coming from and how are they moving through your funnel. So uh, as you head into decision-making on budgets, uh, build some predictability around it. It should help you in your lead generation efforts. I'm Nick Powell's. Thanks for listening. See ya.